Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Tonight, beloved ones, we are going to be speaking to you about the miraculous methods that Jesus used in his ministry. Now, first of all, before we begin, in order, before we speak about those miraculous methods, because we are coming so close to Pentecost, and we need to know that it is the destiny of every disciple to be used as Jesus was used by the Holy Spirit, and, and not in the sense that no one can take the place of Jesus. Don't ever think that we could ever take his place, but we are his representatives. And so we are called to do the same works that he did. Now, before I share with you, I want you to understand the unique ministry that Jesus has with the Holy Spirit. It is so important for us to understand this unique role of Jesus as the Messiah. I want you to know that nowhere in the Bible does it show ever a prophet or anyone in the Bible till the time of Christ healing the blind. Nor is there anyone in the Bible up to the time of Christ that ever opened deaf ears. Nor was there anyone to the time of Christ who made the lame walk. So I want you to see Moses performed, God used him to perform many miracles. It wasn't Moses, but it was God through Moses. But there are many mighty works parting the Red Sea and um, the blood on the doorpost and calling the plagues down. But yet Moses never opened blind eyes. Moses never opened deaf ears. Moses never made those who were unable to speak to speak. All right. Elijah was able to shut up the heavens. Elijah did great and mighty works. Yet, I want you to know, Elijah never opened a blind eye, nor did he open a deaf ear. Uh, the prophet Elisha is known as the wonder worker. The prophet Elisha, through his mighty works, through his prayer, an axe made out of iron swam up a stream, literally, it went upstream. That's a huge miracle. It was a miracle against nature. And he put salt in water that was poisonous, and the people of Jericho were able to drink. We even see that a person who was dead was lowered into Elisha's grave in 2nd and 2nd Kings chapter 13. A person who was dead was lowered into Elisha's grave and they did not know it they were hiding the body and touched Elisha's bones and they came back to life. The miracles through Elisha yet Elisha never opened blind eyes. He made, he opened, he prayed for God to open spiritual eyes, but not physically biological blind eyes. He never did. Never opened deaf ears and never made the lame walk. I want you to know it has never been done. It is reserved for the Messiah. It was preserved for the Messiah. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Isaiah. I want you to see these prophecies so that we understand who Yeshua is. 
and his particular relationship with the Holy Ghost. I want you to see, dear people of God, from Isaiah, looking at uh, the, Isaiah chapter 35, and we are going to look, dear ones, at verses 5 and 6. Let us look. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the, then shall the lame man leap as a heart, a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. These are specifically and exclusively messianic miracles. Say it with me, messianic miracles. Reserved only for the Messiah. Say it. All right, we see this again if we look at Isaiah, dear, dear child of God, going to Isaiah chapter 42, and we see it again in Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42 verse 7 says to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. So we see, dear people of God, that the Messiah uniquely will be known to open the eyes of the blind, the ears of the deaf, to cause the lame to walk. And how did this, how is this constituted in scripture? It is through his unique relationship with the Holy Ghost. Among all the prophets and all those of the Hebrew scriptures, none cooperated perfectly with the Holy Spirit as Jesus. I want you to understand Jesus being fully God and fully man. Say it with me, fully God and fully man. Not half God and half man, but fully God and fully man. So that we understand that his miracles that he performed on earth, he did not use his divine power as God. He yielded to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, let's look at it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. John the Baptist said of Jesus that he giveth unto him the spirit without measure. That means no human being, not Moses, not Samuel, not any prophet ever yielded to the Holy Spirit the way Jesus did. None of the prophets had a relationship with Jesus, with, with, uh, with the Holy Spirit the way Jesus did as a man. I want you to know as God, he didn't need to. I want you to know in his nature as God. He didn't need to yield to the Holy Spirit. He's God. But as man coming down to earth, becoming a man for you and me, he taught us how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me, saints? And therefore, it is so important that we study his ministry. Why? Because we have been called to ministry like unto Christ. Look, if you will, at John's gospel. I want you to see tonight, John chapter 14, verse 12. Tonight we are talking about the works of Jesus. Tonight we are talking about his methods for the miraculous. How many of you want to learn how Jesus ministered? Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to do it like Jesus. Jesus. 
You see, we, we are looking at everyone else, but we are not studying the ministry of Jesus. And one of the reasons why we, beloved saints, do not have the results that God wants to give us is that we fail to follow things exactly as Jesus did it. How many of you want to have ministry just like Jesus did? You want to minister as Christ ministered. Let us look and see that it is God's perfect will that you do. Notice, this is not something we need to bombard heaven for. This is something that we've already been given. This is something Jesus already bequeathed to us. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. I'm going to say that again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, hallelujah, shall he do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Say this with me. It is his will that I do the same works that he did. So Holy Spirit, teach me how to yield the way he yielded. Come on. Holy Spirit, teach me how to surrender. Teach me how to yield. Teach me how to follow the Holy Spirit the way Jesus did. How many of you want to minister like Jesus did? Somebody should shout the victory and give God the glory. Hallelujah. I want you to see, beloved saints, hallelujah, that the scripture tells us, let's go over to John's gospel, the 20th chapter in the 21st verse. Jesus, before he went, ascended back to heaven on the time of the resurrection, John chapter 20, verse 21, part B of the verse says, as the father has sent me, so send I you. Say this with me. I'm willing to be sent, O Lord. There is something about it when you say yes to God to where you are sent. Some of you will be sent to the, to the nations. Others of you will be sent to be a helper. And it's as if you went to the nations. Years ago, when I was a young girl, there was an evangelist called Hermano Pablo. Many of you may not know him, but Maria knows him. All right, he was a great evangelist in Mexico, Paul Finkenbinder. That doesn't sound like Hermano Pablo. It sounds like a German. He was the evangelist of Mexico. Paul Finkenbinder, Hermano Pablo. And I remember he came to Melody Land. And I'll never forget what he taught. He said there's two kinds of missionaries. There's goers and there's senders. Some of you are going to be called to be senders. Being a sender doesn't just only mean financial. It means that without your participation, the work of God could not go forward. So you are just as needed as those that go forward. Are you understanding this? Everyone works. Everyone has a call. Everyone has a place. Everyone participates in the Great Commission. This is the hour God is reactivating the anointing on the Great Commission. I want you to know that. 
Because why? This is a great hour of outpouring. And whenever there is outpouring, there is revival in the earth of those who respond to the call of God. I can get a witness in here. One of the greatest signs of the authenticity of the charismatic renewal. If the greatest works of the charismatic renewal, the charismatic renewal produced evangelists. The charismatic renewal produced a fire to go into all the world to preach the gospel. I'm so thankful that in my generation there was a real revival. I'm not talking about a revival in the church. I'm talking about a revival in the earth. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We need a visitation from God, and somebody ought to shout the victory. From John chapter 20, verse 21, the Bible says, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And the Bible says in verse 22, part B of the verse, the Bible says, and when he said this, hallelujah, and when he had thus said, the Bible says, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus breathed on them. He breathed the anointing on them. He made an impartation upon them. Because we cannot go without the Holy Ghost. We cannot go without the Holy Spirit. We are sunk without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us our marching orders. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us. He's the one who fires us up and sends us out. Are you with me? He said, Hallelujah. As the Father has sent me, so have I sent you. And when he had thus said, he breathed on them. Notice the breath of God came upon them when he sent them. Say this with me. When I respond to the call, the anointing comes on my life. Say this with me, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you're calling me to do. I'm willing to be activated in whatever ministry it is that you're calling me to be activated in, and somebody ought to give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice, beloved saints, in Mark chapter 16. We see in Mark chapter 16 in verses 15 and 17 and verse 20. I want you to see this great commission. We are called as he is called. Say it with me. We are called as he is called. As the Father sent me, so send I you. He that believeth in me, the same works that I do, shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. We are sent. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. The Bible says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Hallelujah. The signs, the anointing, the breath of God, the power of God is yours. Say it with me. The power of God, the breath of God is mine when I go forward to do the will of God. Somebody should give God the praise. 
<laughs> These signs shall follow them that believe. That means every person who is a believer, but in particular, every person who says yes to the Great Commission. I'm telling you right now, we're getting ready to enlist people. Hello, somebody. We're getting ready to enlist people in God's in God's kingdom and God's vineyard. We're getting ready to enlist you as missionaries. We're getting ready to send you out to all the ends of the earth because God is going to do a great and mighty work in these end times. Say this with me, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Today, I, I had to do some research for a project, the projects that we're working on for the word. And by accident, but it wasn't an accident, I pushed a button and heard a message I taped from Papa about, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago. It seems like yesterday. I remember it exactly. He was sitting on the edge of the bed. And I knew he was under the anointing, so I put it on my phone. I wanted to record it, to have it as a record, because he was so anointed when he said it. And he said, I don't know what's going on in my body. It's strange. He said, but I've already told the Lord this. He said, I don't care how Satan fights me. I'm going to serve God the same way that I did as when I was young. That's what he told me. I've got it on tape. He said, I'm never going to stop serving God. I've got it on tape. That's why he was able to go to Poland. That's why he was able to go to Egypt. I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about. He said, I've already told the devil, that's exactly what I'm going to do. You're not going to stop me. Somebody ought to give God the praise. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to tell you every, I'm telling you, I could not have made it on the trips without Papa. There's no human way without his strength and his support. I hope I, I don't know if anybody really understands what I'm talking about. Just him stepping into a place brings the anointing. Hello, somebody. He is a general in the kingdom and has served God for so many years all over the world in the missions. He's a, I mean, when, when Papa went to Mexico, you better thank God unless you were a disciplined missionary that you didn't travel with him. Because his staff would travel, they would, they would go seven days to one place, and they would fast seven days and be able to eat for three days when they traveled all throughout Mexico for years. And so many miracles were done. So many thousands were touched. So many deliverances happened. Uh, one place, I'll never forget, he told me he was preaching. One place. And in Mexico, they like to have two families at the same time without going through any legal situations. And he knew that when he was preaching in a church. And he said to the pastor, I'm not preaching here till everyone that's living together gets married. 
And so they got married in order to have the service. There were 35 weddings that day. I'm not kidding you. Hello, somebody. Somebody ought to praise God. Somebody should shout the victory. That's the truth. So the Bible tells us, beloved saints, in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Hallelujah. And they shall drink any deadly thing, and it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And look at verse 20. This is what I want you to see. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Now watch this. The Lord working with them confirmed the word with signs following. Say this with me, confirming the word. Say it again, confirming the word. Say it again, confirming the word. Say this with me, if there's no word, there's no signs following. Somebody ought to praise God right now. Confirming the word with signs following. We do have a generation that wants signs, but they don't want the word. But hallelujah, when you get the word and you get, hallelujah, the word of God, and somebody ought to say, Lord, teach me. Lord, I want more of your word. I want more of you. Hallelujah. Now, beloved saints, I want you to go with me to the gospel according to Luke. So this means that if, my beloved friends, we are to do the same works that he did, and we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel with signs following, and, and if we are, as the Bible tells us, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so do I send you then we need to know some of the methods that Jesus used, beloved saints, in his ministry. I want you to understand something about Jesus. He had many methods for the miraculous. He did not do everything the same. He did not heal the multitudes in the same manner that he dealt with individuals. There were different methods that he used. And when you study the scriptures, you will know the methods that Jesus used. It's marvelous to see his missions in Galilee. In Galilee, there has never been a preacher, never been a Jewish rabbi in the history of Judaism that had so many following on foot from place to place, wherever he was. In his day, it was not common for rabbis to preach in the open air. They preached in the synagogues, and he preached in all the synagogues of Galilee, but he also preached in the open air, something that was not done in his day. Multitudes and multitudes I want you to see this tremendous text. I want you to be familiar with it. 
It is so important that we become familiar with how he was loved in Galilee. I want you to go with me, beloved saints, to very quickly to Matthew chapter 14. I'm just going to give you some brief texts. The Bible says in Matthew 14, verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side when he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart. I want you to go with me also to the gospel according to Mark. And in the gospel according to Mark in the fifth chapter, I want you to see it. The Bible says in verse 23, the Bible says in verse 21, and Jesus passed over again by ship to the other side and much people gathered unto him and he was nigh into the sea. Verse Verse 24 says, and when Jesus went with him, much people followed him and thronged him, such as was the custom of the people, so that we need to understand that, that wherever Jesus went, people thronged him. Now, beloved saints, I want you to understand these multitudes that followed him in Galilee, his rejection was not in Galilee. Yes, his rejection was in Nazareth, but in the regions of Galilee, these were his headquarters, and he emptied out cities. He emptied out villages. Wherever he would go, people would follow him, throng to him, and press upon him. Hallelujah, because as many as touched, even the hem of his garment were made whole. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. So therefore, there were no places that were able to hold him. He had to go in the open air. It was impossible for any building structure when they followed him wherever he would go to hold him, in, to hold uh, the capacity of people that thronged Jesus on a constant basis. So therefore, there were certain methods that Jesus used. One of the methods of the miraculous, and I want you to understand this, Jesus did not just pass through cities zapping people. He went through cities preaching. And I want you to understand that the miracles were a result of the word of God. Remember, he confirmed the word was signs following. If there's no word, there's no signs. Say this with me. Method number one. Healing comes by hearing. Say it again. Method number one. Healing comes by hearing. Now, I want you to understand that the synoptic authors... Matthew, Mark, and Luke are extremely sensitive in their text to make sure that we know that healing comes after hearing, that hearing comes first, that the word of God must be preached first before there's any signs following. Go with me very quickly to Luke's gospel. Luke is the one who shows us the power of the Holy Spirit more than any other in the sense of the consistency of Jesus' ministry. And I want you to see in Luke's gospel, in the fifth chapter and the 15th verse, the Bible said, but there's, but so much the more went there out of fame abroad of him. 
And great multitudes came together, watch this, to hear and to be healed of him. Say it with me. Say it again. Notice it doesn't say to be healed and to hear. What comes first? To hear. To hear and to be healed of him. Hallelujah. And notice, verse 17, and it came to pass on a certain day when what? Say it all together so I know you're, you're, you're loving the word. When he was teaching. Say it again. When he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Hallelujah. I want you to know, not all Pharisees attacked Jesus. And should it be the will of God that we advance in Jesus the rabbi, you will understand that there's a difference in the types of Pharisees. These particular Pharisees that came out of every town with doctors of the law sitting by submitted themselves to his word to his word. Notice when he was teaching. Notice that scripture. I want you to see it. When he, as he was teaching. Notice as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal. He sent forth his word and he healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Are you with me? Say methods for the miraculous. Hallelujah, beloved saints. Notice this powerful word that, that came forth from him. Notice chapter 6. We're going to see it repeated again. Luke chapter 6, you just read in Luke chapter 5, you just read verses 15 and 17. Now look at Luke chapter 6, and we will again look at verse 17. The Bible says he came down with them and stood in the plain and a great company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon came to hear and be healed. Come on, repeat it. Say methods for the miraculous. Healing comes by hearing. Say this with me. If I don't hear, I don't get healed. So that means the more you come and sit under the anointing, the more bondage breaks off of your life. Somebody should shout the victory. That means the more of God's anointing, the more of his word that you hear, the more destiny is released into your life. The more power comes into your life through hearing God's word. Somebody ought to shout the victory tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, 
as we just see. They came, notice from where they came, they came from everywhere. They came on foot. They came on boat. They came everywhere. They thronged him. They planned in advance. All of Galilee was in an uproar. For three years, three years, they lived to hear him. They lived to follow him. And this is why the Bible says, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Hallelujah. After the hearing, notice what happened. Notice the next verse. The Bible says, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits were healed. When he was preaching, when he was preaching, demons came out of people. Somebody should praise God. <laughs> Say they were astonished at his word. For out of his word came unclean spirits out of them. Hallelujah. From his word. I want you to see, go back to Luke chapter 5. I want you to see a miraculous manifestation of God's word that happened through the word. I want you to see what Luke is telling us. Luke is teaching us so much about the method for the miraculous of his preaching. Luke doesn't want any other method for us to emphasize any other method like this method. Notice Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I want you to see it. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to what? Yeah. To what? to hear the word of God. The people pressed upon him. To hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him that he would thrust him out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, notice three times in verses one through four, we see the emphasis on the teaching. They pressed on him to hear the word while he was preaching. He had to be thrust out into the land. And when he stopped preaching, the residue from his word. Yes. Say this with me, the residue from hearing the word. The Bible said when he left speaking, that was very important. It could have just said, and then he said, but it doesn't. Could have just said, and afterward, but it didn't. The Bible wants us to know it occurred immediately after the word of God. Because Luke is showing us that every time he is preaching, there are miracles. But the miracles are not limited to physical miracles. When you hear the word of God, you could be going through a trial at home. And when you get home, it could be healed. Notice, 
When he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said, Master, we have toiled all night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. You see, I want you to understand something that one of the methods for the miraculous that Jesus also taught was the method of activating faith through the word. Acting on the word. Say it with me. Acting on the word. Acting on the word. Hallelujah. And so we see that he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, hallelujah, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes so that the fish broke. It was after the word and it was acting on the word. I want you to know that once you've heard the word, you've got to put it into action. After you have heard the word of God, it is miraculous. <laughs> Say this with me. The word is miraculous. This is why, beloved saints, it is so important for us to understand. Now, beloved saints, I want to speak to you about this method for the miraculous. I want you to understand that Jesus taught action-based faith. Can you say this with me? Action-based faith. I want you to know that Jesus was a tremendous teacher of faith. I'm going to show you this was one of his great methods for the miraculous. One of his great methods for the miraculous was to extract the faith of the people for miracles. This is why he always preached first. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if there is no word, there is no faith. So when you hear him preach, you've automatically got faith for the impossible. Are you with me? Ask your neighbor, say, are you a little low on faith if you are hear the word and you'll get your faith? Hello, somebody. Say this with me, action-based faith. Action-based. You may say, what is action-based faith? The Bible tells us when Jesus was preaching, oh, my faith rouse up when you hear him preach. There was a group of young men who brought a paralytic in, and they couldn't get in the front door. It was jammed. So you know what they did? They pulled the young man up on the roof. Because their faith was that they got to put him right in front of Jesus. That was their faith. Their faith was, we're not going to let him be out here in the background. He, we know if Jesus sees him, Jesus will heal him. And we're not going to take a chance that Jesus won't see him. So they took matters into their own hands. See, when you're really operating in faith, there is a determination there's two ways. Now watch this. There's two ways you can respond to an obstacle. Hear the word of the Lord, I'm prophesying. There are two ways you can respond to an obstacle. You can either respond with hesitation or you can respond with determination. Hello, somebody. Let me tell you. 
So often when there's obstacles, how do we respond? Do we respond with hesitation? Do we allow a little wind to intimidate us? Do we allow symptoms to intimidate us? You got to prophesy to those symptoms and say, in the name of Jesus, you're a lying spirit. You're not stopping me. You got to prophesy to your child when your child, maybe your child doesn't hear you, don't want to rile them up, but you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to receive that. That's not who you are. Hello, somebody. You got to prophesy to your job and confess the word over it. There's two ways you can respond to obstacles. You can respond to obstacles with hesitation and say, well, I guess that wasn't God's will. They brought that young man and said, well, we'll just settle for less. We'll just let him be out here, way out. We're way out of the building, way, way out here. But their faith was, we know if Jesus sees him. Their faith was, he's got to get close to where he is because Jesus had the reputation that whoever touched the hem of his garment was made everyone whole. These young men weren't about to be denied. You see that the big block didn't bring hesitation. What happens when there's a block in your life? How do you handle it? How do you handle blocks? How do you handle when heaven is silent? How do you handle when plans go wrong? How do you handle when you did everything in your power to get somebody to Jesus or you thought that Jesus was going to work it out this way? How do you handle it when it goes not the way you planned? It doesn't always go the way you planned. But that's just to see what you're going to do. Because he needs a little more faith from you. He wants you to participate. Hello, somebody. I said participation brings activation of your faith. He wants you to participate. He's calling you in to participate with him in a miracle. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we together are workers together with him. Hallelujah. He wants you to participate in the miracle. Jesus doesn't just go around zapping people. He gets us involved. He's got to draw us in and be a partaker of the heavenly power that's happening in that miracle. So you got to do your part. You got to participate. Action-based faith. Say it. Action-based faith. So they had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to hesitate. And to say, you know what? Sometimes faith is going to require that you have to put a little more work in. You have to roll up your sleeves and put a little more effort into it. Faith isn't just believing. Faith is action. You got to put action to your faith. You got to get out there and do it. And believe God. And show the Lord. 
that you mean business and you're not settling for less. You're not going for this nonsense of what the devil wants to give you. You have to overpass the nonsense of the devil. That's a bunch of nonsense. We refuse to receive that. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Devil, you are a liar. Watch me do this. Hello, somebody. And so they took that young man and they pulled him up on the roof. We didn't hear anything about them asking permission if they could do it. They just did it. They pulled him up on the roof and then they untiled the roof. Now they got a problem on their hands because they're going to have to fix it after. Because that's not God's will to go and destroy property and to just call it faith. That's reckless faith. And that's what gives Christians a bad name. Because we're people of integrity. And our word is our word. But we see that they unmantled the roof. And they let him down in front of Jesus. They didn't respond with hesitation. Their obstacle produced more determination. Say this with me. In the name of Jesus, my obstacle will not produce hesitation. My obstacle will produce more determination to do the will of God. You know, Papa Ten Boom. Papa Ten Boom? Who is that? Oh, that's Corey Ten Boom's father. Papa Ten Boom. When I was a young girl, I had the privilege and my sister to see Corey Ten Boom at the church we attended. It was glorious. When her, when the movie of her life came out, all I did was weep at the end of the story to see how faithful God was. Because when she was in that concentration camp, she had no idea the reward that was coming. Papa Tin Boom, during the Holocaust, at 80-something years old, when the Germans invaded Holland, and said, all Jews have to wear their star. Papa got in line and said, I want my star too. They said, but you're not a Jew. Why are you wearing a star? And he said, I'm going to identify with my brothers and sisters. I'm going to wear a star. And his pastor and all the people were saying, you're, you, you can't do that. You see, sometimes faith will cause you to do the unthinkable. Hello, somebody. I'm here. I'm speaking to somebody today. Hallelujah. It will either present, that obstacle will either present hesitation or it will bring more determination. Oh, in that time, so many pastors in Holland went along with Hitler at the moment. They agreed with Hitler. And then there were those 
who believed the word of God and went along with the word of God. Hello, somebody. Can I get a witness? We are coming in those days that as Christians, we're going to have to obey God. And we're going to have to learn how to live by faith. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? And so we see they responded with tremendous determination. Let me share with you what Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 5. Notice what the Bible says. Say this with me, action-based faith. The Bible says in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw their faith, how do you see faith? You see faith through action. Say it with me. You see faith through action. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, anoint me with the, your power not to respond with hesitation, but to respond with more determination to do the will of God when an obstacle comes against me. Somebody should praise God. I'm going to close with this because this is one of the greatest, this action of faith, action-based faith, one of the great methods for the miraculous that Jesus used. Throughout the scriptures, we will see Jesus speaking about faith. And I want you to understand that faith produces determination. That determination releases the activation for the miraculous. Faith also releases a declaration. Jesus always extracted a declaration. When before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he asked Martha, do you believe this? Because right believing is the door to receiving your miracle. If you don't believe right, you're in trouble. He said, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. Did you know that it was Martha's declaration of faith that activated that miracle? Jesus didn't just go in and zap Lazarus. He needed something to work with. Hello, somebody? That's why he stayed behind for days. He stayed behind because he was extracting faith. He wanted to see how they'd react. And they said, Lord, when they heard he was nearby, after being delayed for days, they heard that he was nigh. And Martha ran to him. Mary stayed in the house. She was too broken. Lazarus was already dead. She said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But that's not the end of her sentence. Mm-hmm. Jesus needed this for the miracle to happen. But she said, even now... I believe that whatever you ask God, he's going to give it to you. Did you see that declaration of faith? Turn to your neighbor and say, I need even now faith. 
Even now, faith means you are not paying attention to the symptoms. Even now, faith means you are not looking at your situation. Even now, faith means that you have not closed it. You have not ended it. I want you to understand that hesitation could have been hesitation, but instead it produced in Martha more determination to see a miracle. When she said, even now, Lazarus was already dead. Lazarus was already dead. He'd been in the grave four days. Four days. They're weeping. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died but he needed faith, just a little bit of faith, just a drop of faith, because faith is not only determination, faith is also declaration with your mouth. Say this with me, miracle in my mouth. Say it again, miracle in my mouth. Say, I refuse, I refuse to receive anything but what God's word says. Come on, I refuse to receive it. I will not entertain it. I will not receive what the enemy wants to put on my family. Even now. Oh, Martha was the vessel. That little, that spunky little gal, Martha. We always have a tendency to lean toward Mary. She's the one who anointed his feet with oil. She's the one who sat at his feet and learned his word. Martha complained. Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me here alone? to serve? Jesus said, Martha, Martha, so great when you have a friend like Jesus. He tells you everything. You're careful and troubled about so many things. You know, when the Lord tells me that, I know I'm troubled over nonsense. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm anxious over the wrong thing. Forgive me, Lord. I shouldn't even be concerned about this nonsense. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Are you with me? Hello, are you with me? Are you with me? That's not an issue. Who cares? The things we should be concerned about is, are we pleasing God? That's all that matters in this world. That's all that matters in this world is are we pleasing to Jesus? Nothing else matters. Everything else is taken care of. Are you with me, saints? Martha, Martha, you're so troubled and careful about so many things. Wow, he knew everything she was troubled about. But Mary has chosen the better part. But you know something? He needed Martha right now. Because Mary was distraught. She couldn't even think. She's so grieved over Lazarus' death. 
But Martha's got that spunk that Jesus needed for that miracle. Hello, somebody. Say, he created me just uniquely for my ministry. Come on. He created me uniquely for my ministry. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't judge me. God made me like this. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Say, God made me like this. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't mind if I'm a little bit strange. God made me like this. Hallelujah. For my ministry. Somebody ought to shout the victory. She was made like that on purpose. The Lord created her. We always want to be like somebody else. Well, if she was like Mary, Lazarus wouldn't have been raised from the dead. Jesus would have had to choose somebody else to have that kind of faith to say even now. Don't always say, gosh, if I was just like so-and-so. Oh, don't you dare say that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you like that for your anointing. God made you like that for your calling. God made you like that uniquely. God made you like that for what he's called you to do that no one else can do but you. Somebody should shout the victory. Hallelujah. She did not allow that obstacle to produce in her, not even death, hesitation. It produced in her declaration because faith is also declaration. It is calling forth the things that are not as though they are. The Bible tells us that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, having been fully persuaded that what God had spoken, he was also able to perform. Hallelujah. Praise God. So today, let us stand. Heavenly Father, we want to worship you. We want to praise you today. We want to worship you. Bring us and teach us the methods for the miraculous. Tonight, let the mantle come on us. Let there be such a glorious new mantle in our lives to go forward to the ends of the earth to do the work of God. We give you praise. Raise those hands toward heaven and just receive that anointing. Lord, we praise you and we praise you and we bless you. Oh, my dear friends, the Bible tells us as our hands are raised in Matthew chapter 15, in verse 22, there was a woman who was Syrophoenician. She was a Gentile. She came to Jesus and she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But the Bible says Jesus answered her, not a word. Sometimes heaven is silent. Some of you right now are going through a time that you've asked God 
to give you an answer. But heaven has been silent. You've been saying, please, Lord, answer me. You've been saying, God, I can't take this burden anymore, any longer. Some of you have called out to God, and he answered you not a word. Bible says, he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. She crieth after us. Why did they want to send her away? Because she was a Gentile. Jesus did not minister to Gentiles until after the resurrection. He said, I've been called. He answered and said, I am sent not but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the Bible tells us that woman continued. She persisted. Then she came. And she worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread but to ca and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, yes, truth, Lord. But even the dogs eat that which falls, the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you even as you will. I want you to understand there were obstacles for this woman. Heaven didn't answer her. He answered her not a word. But that silence did not cause hesitation. That silence produced in this woman greater determination. Because why God allowed the silence on purpose? So he could extract more faith from this woman and heal her. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.